All right, welcome back to the marketing automation discussion. I'm your host, Alex Glenn, and today we're going to give you the full scope of the how, why, and what for CRM strategy and implementation. My guest today is an expert in CRM functionality because he has built his product based on the shortcomings of your CRMs. Krish is the founder of Fireflies.ai. He's the former product manager working on data science and analytics initiatives at Microsoft and a graduate of Penn, the University of Pennsylvania. I'll provide a link to a video showcasing what his product can do. Definitely check that out. The topic of today's podcast is CRM automation. So a little bit marketing automation, a little bit sales automation, what it is and why you should know. Um, our first question that we're going to unravel, and we posted our notes here, and we'll go ahead and edit that. If you're watching the video, if you're just listening in, the topic and the question is, why do startups need CRM? This is the first section. Uh, well, my answer is, why else would you need a CRM if not to improve sales and marketing processes? Uh, now, if we reinterpret this question, uh, to ask why should teams add on tools to their current CRM to increase automation or what is possible with CRM automation and what do I have to invest to get it to that point? We have a more interesting version of the question. Now, Krish, why don't you go ahead and set the premise for us? Thanks for having me on, Alex. Before even diving into the notion of CRM automation, we can take a step back and look at why orgs end up needing CRMs in the first place. All of us start with spreadsheets of some sort. In fact, I know teams that still use spreadsheets even after they've implemented a crazy complex CRM process. But what ends up happening is the number of accounts you handle grows. The number of teammates and sales reps managing these accounts also grows. And you're starting to track deals that become more complex. At that point in time, you'll consider maybe a lightweight CRM like Streak, which is built into your Gmail, or even something simple like Trello to manage your pipeline. Teams need CRMs because the cost of missing a deal or not following up due to misplaced information is quite high. Imagine not having followed up on a deal because that information just wasn't in a documentable place. And that could cost you 10,000, 100,000, a million dollars, and it's a lot of missed opportunities. So people can't risk that. And that's where CRMs have such a huge importance. We hear about how deals require 10 follow-ups before anything even happens today. Where is the person supposed to remember and keep track of all this information? The goal of a CRM in an ideal world is to give you a 360-degree view of your customers and tell you who to be tracking, following up with, and when. Eventually, all paths lead to some sort of integrated CRM. That's something I believe, because when I talk about integrated, I mean a CRM that helps you route data from siloed sources and applications where you're interacting or talking to your customers. So as the team grows, CRMs give management more accountability, uh, details into assessing pipelines, and eventually building a more predictable sales engine. But to do this at scale, they'll need to start automating some of these processes so that their reps aren't spending all that time just entering data in their CRM. Okay, great. So there is a reason these things called CRMs exist. Uh, 
I like what you mentioned, Krish, that uh, there is a 360 degree view that you need to account for. I'd further that scope and state that CRMs for today's startups need to have almost 360 degree functionality as well, at least from the automation standpoint, um, not only provide sales processes and customer tracking, um, but also marketing automation, uh, call making slash tracking, uh, document generation. We'll get more into that a little bit later. For now, let me get into our next question. This question is phrased, what sort of sales automation functionality can a CRM system cover? Uh, they use the word can in here, which is a strong word to use. Given some custom dev work, a few web hooks and some zaps, you can get a CRM to trigger and track all of the marketing and sales automation or workflows your company does. My suggestion to the person asking this and also the listeners is the same suggestion Steve Benson mentioned in the last episode. First, document your current sales process. Really look into where people are involved, what buttons are being pushed, and what entries are being made. Really dive in deep, map that out. When you have that workflow, you can demo CRMs that you have in mind with that workflow so that you can run through that with their sales engineers. What I think you will find is that most lightweight CRMs can cover a lot of the marketing and sales automations that you will need. They do some robust and some uh, profound automations with just a few bucks a month like ActiveCampaign, Agile CRM, Close.io, SalesSeek. Check all of those out and we dive into those in a couple other episodes. They will uh, probably provide most of the functionality. But what are your thoughts regarding sales automation functionality and uh, what a CRM system can do? Krish? In today's day and age, CRMs are expected to help simplify or at least automate certain workflows. The other reality that we need to remember is we aren't using just one sales tool in our sales stack. There are several hundred tools that companies are using even well before they interact with their customers. What I'm talking about is when you look at that process that people tend to have when they are prospecting, they're building lists, they're using tools like Zen Prospect to start pulling highly qualifiable leads that they can reach out to. They'll be doing outreach out there afterwards. And when they're doing that, they're going to be sending canned emails. They'll be using ways to uh, create drip campaigns. And so tools like Outreach.io or Nova.ai help them do these follow-ups and uh, send these personalized emails. And specifically, something I like about Nova is, you know, we know the folks there. They take it a step further and they're able to help you personalize all the introductory parts so that you can actually start building rapport with the folks that you're reaching out to. And then you have to follow up, right? That's one of the main jobs of reps is following up. So they tend to have sequences and reminders to help them follow up over and over again. And even when you get to that demo scheduling process, tools like Calendly or the HubSpot sales extension help you book meetings a lot faster than having to go back and forth and say, hey, uh, are you free at this time? Are you free at that time? And then even when you're having a demo with the person, right, you're using tools like uh, Zoom or WebEx for conferencing and then screen sharing. 
And then you go afterwards, you know, if all things went well, you're sending out proposals or invoices. So you probably are using some sort of e-signature platform. And then how do you actually get the money in the bank, right? You're sending out these invoices and you're actually making sure that the money uh, is in. You're maybe using a payment system like Stripe. So this, what I just outlined, is probably 70% of an inside sales process. And usually when you look at outbound sales, they're using other tools like dialers or power dialers and maybe even doing more intensive prospecting. So a salesperson, an SDR, an AE's jobs are pretty, pretty loaded, right, in terms of the number of activities that they have to do. And they're, they have to do this over and over again for so many accounts. And documenting, tracking, and having accountability of all this is important inside a CRM, no doubt. But expecting them to do it every single time, there's going to be information that's missed. That's why a lot of information that needs to be in the CRM for a manager when they need to actually look at the state of deals is not there. When we think about this a little further, we've grown to expect CRMs to help assist with this data capture. Automation features people really care about today is things like automatically creating contacts inside your CRM when you email out people or when leads come into your website and fill out different forms. We have tools to help enrich the details of all these leads, right? There's tools like Clearbit that help you get important information, fill out fields like role, company info, and other data automatically just based on the email that's inputted inside your marketing or CRM system. And then auto-syncing emails. Every time I send an email, a receipt to that getting stored into the CRM. Auto-logging calls when I make a call through the CRM system. So all these things are helping with the activity process is what I feel. And this area was particularly interesting to us because a majority of the things that were not getting processed and tracked was what's happening on the calls. Reps are spending most of their time in calls and we think there's a ton of important information there that needs to be getting captured. And that's why at Fireflies, we wanted to go a step beyond that and really look at that area. And so what Fireflies does, right, is it captures the call, transcribes it, extracts the notes from it, the key points, metrics, dates, all that information, and then fills out the CRM on the rep's behalf automatically. We've asked reps, right, before you've implemented Fireflies, you know, how are you doing this process? Were you consistent about it? Could you actually remember what was said on a call three months ago for a specific person? And a lot of people didn't do it because they felt like they could keep everything in the back of their minds. And when Fireflies is implemented, a rep told me that, you know, they remembered that their prospect had asked them to follow about a, about a specific topic when they raised their next round of funding. And this was from six months ago. And because of the Fireflies being able to capture all that information, having it in their CRM, they're able to go nurture and close that lead into a sale. So people expect CRMs to have these rich integrations with outside tools. That's another aspect of, you know, if you want to have Fireflies work or if you want to have Outreach or Nova or any of these extensions work, a lot of the CRMs need to be able to uh, plug in. And that's why we see the rise of app exchanges like with HubSpot and Salesforce. A CRM on its own will have all the siloed data that needs to be routed into place. You know, we're heavy users of tools like Zapier, which takes that to another level, you know, helps us plug in those silos by routing customer data from different apps into our CRM. 
But from a meta level, I think this is where it's going to be really, really valuable. That is why you're my guest today. You saw what CRMs were missing and created a valuable tool to fill that gap. Uh, this is a perfect segue into the next question. What are the best strategies to unlock value from your integration of marketing automation with CRM automation? Again, what are the best strategies to unlock value from the integration of marketing automation with CRM automation? Uh, this is one of my favorite types of questions. Uh, it's the intersection where marketing automation and CRM automation collide, uh, which is becoming more and more integrated with the new CRMs that are coming out on the market. With today's products, the piping is all laid out for you. So all you have to do is make sure you have a very good understanding of your prospect's experience through your funnel and trigger the appropriate actions, emails, updates in your CRM throughout that process. Uh, Chris will explain more, but uh, I recommend these steps if you're in this stage where you're trying to figure out how to strategically work between your marketing automation and your CRM. Now, uh, the first thing you wanna do is define your prospect to customer, the statuses in your CRM. So what is a lead? What is a prospect? What does nurturing mean? What does a customer mean? Um, these can change. You can customize these to fit your company's situation and your prospect flow. Um, so define those, put them into a sheet, put them somewhere where everybody knows uh, what each one of those means. That's the sales nomenclature doc, whatever you wanna call it. Uh, second, you want to design your user journey map. And I'm going to show one on screen that I really like. It's a good visual. It shows kind of where uh, all the touch points happen at each step. And uh, what you need to do is, is go ahead and map out your customer journey, show the flow, uh, each touch point in your sales and marketing process, because then the next step is to go ahead and map out the communications. When does that first onboarding email go out and the second one, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, if they are churning, they haven't engaged with your application in a few weeks and you want to send an anti-churn campaign, map that all out, put it into a document. Uh, there are programs and systems and um, tools that help you do this, but uh, you definitely want to map that out, show all the steps and the messages that are necessary along the way. Finally, take a good look at your current and future marketing stack. What are you built on now that has to remain? What chat software, what analytics, and what will you spin up soon? What do you have plans to add on? Maybe document signing, maybe some sort of an accounting or backend. Uh, and once you have the requirements, what you have now and what you will have soon, then you can look at what CRMs really integrate well with this system. And if you're at the beginning stages, this is much easier for you than if you have been running a while and maybe you have a ton of data in the CRM, you've been using this old chat that's no longer supported, and uh, maybe you're switching accounting and backend software, it becomes a little more challenging. But if you are laying this out for the first time, I like to present the suggestion of look at the forward-facing communications and customer interaction, the marketing stack first. This could be your chat software. Look at that and say, okay, well, if this is going to be the way we communicate with customers, then we need a CRM and a backend that kind of work really well with that software. So that's the way I like to look at it. But either way, you want to map out your customer journeys, where communication happens and needs to happen at each step. Uh, look at your current marketing stack and then go ahead and look at what you need on the CRM side that fits in well with that whole system and gives you everything that you need. Okay, Chris, 
what are your recommendations for listeners or viewers to unlock value from their marketing automations on top of their CRM? So now that we've gotten all this data into your CRM and ideally into your marketing automation system, what is the value of capturing all this data? Right. Most people think that it's just to let their boss feel in charge and know that they have the information. But in reality, this information is going to be pivotal when you look at the entire customer journey as a whole. If you want to actually do consultative selling, if you don't want to be spamming people with random emails like, hey, I'm just following up on X, Y and Z. If you want to really provide value, you want to try to understand as much about the customer as possible. That's why you're doing these discovery calls in the first place um, and trying to get all this information from them when they're filling out these forms and using these other tools to enrich uh, information. There's also this information, for example, that I use when I'm having a call with folks and they talk about certain topics or important pieces of information. Then I can start filling out my marketing automation system with certain tags. For example, if we know that someone is using a particular type of CRM or they're using particular type of web conferencing system, those details are captured on the call, they're created into tags, and they're, they're filled up in our marketing automation system. And then I'm able to send very targeted, specified emails afterwards. So instead of saying, hey, I'm just following up, did you get a chance to look at the invoice? I'm able to send information like, hey, you told me that you were using Zoom. Here were some of the six other folks that were using Zoom. Um, and these were some of the things that they were using with Fireflies. And so these are the sort of benefits of really creating a tailored customer experience. So when it comes down to it, all this data is going to be able to help you with one thing, and that's personalization. And we use tools like Zapier and Segment to start also helping the customers get a better journey when they visit our website. So if I had a discovery call and I've learned all this information about them, and now that information is flowing into my marketing automation system and Segment, next time a visitor visits our website, I don't have to give them a static page. I can show them, I can highlight different things that were relevant to the conversation that we had. So there's so much gold inside these customer conversations that I can now use that data to start tailoring the message that I send them, tailoring the collateral that they get to view, even the website that they're seeing. And this helps you stand above the noise because there are going to be a hundred other reps. There's going to be a hundred other companies sending the same sort of follow-up emails that end up getting moved to the trash can. And this is both pre-sales as well as post-sales or once you're into the deal. And that's where we're seeing that getting to personalization at scale uh, is only possible when you have all this data. But once you have all this data, you need to be able to uh, learning to orchestrate it in the right way. And, you know, it doesn't stop there, right? And we're just talking about systems. But at the end of the day, if I'm a rep and I'm handing this deal over to customer success and they're about to get on a kickoff call, I don't want my customer success manager to be asking the same questions that I had asked, like for the past three meetings. That's just a bad customer experience. Aligning the entire team around what these customers are saying and having the context to be able to say, hey, I know you. I'm not just going through some script. I'm not just being monotonous. I understand the team knows what you guys had discussed in your previous calls. You know, that makes handoffs so much easier. It makes the customers respect you. And for managers, you can start using this information to see what is working on deals, right? Like what is being said uh, that's resonating with customers and prospects, which deals require more management. So I have a thing set up in Slack where 
if competitors are mentioned or certain topics are mentioned in one some of my reps calls, I get a notification. And instead of me having to sit and listen to the entire call, I know which deals that I need to focus on with my reps. So there's this whole orchestration and management piece on top of it, because now you have all this data that you can start unlocking. And to do this, companies are getting much more technical. They're much getting much more sophisticated. You know, I just talked about call data as a source, right, for what we're doing. But in order to orchestrate and make a lot of this happen, we use tools like Zapier and Segment. We're using tools like Clearbit and Full Contact to start enriching and getting more information. We look at data like, you know, how many emails were sent, how many calls were actually picked up. And all this information, I need to track in one place, obviously, right? That's where I'm going to work. It's in my CRM, and I might be getting notifications in Slack. So that's where I mean bringing all this data into one workflow as well. And then from this, I can start pushing it to other information and other systems where we start doing outreach. Maybe Intercom, they start getting a personalized message after they've used the product for three times. So these are all the things that we think about in terms of proactive tailored messaging that you can start doing and personalization at scale. And from a customer's point of view, all this data is really helping create a better customer experience overall. Great points. Now let's move right into the final discussion question about CRMs. Uh, why do most CRMs fail? Uh, this is a very loaded question as they almost always are on Quora. Fail could mean unused or uh, unused to potential. It could mean uh, not completed before revenue came in. So the system had to be scrapped. Could mean not integrated well and set up correctly. So the system failed to operate. There's a lot of meanings around fail. Uh, in my experience, CRM implementation fails because of a few main reasons. Um, number one, the full scope of the needs was not established before choosing a CRM. Going back to what we just talked about, creating your user journey map, um, looking at your full marketing stack, understanding what you need, make sure you got the full scope of needs before entering into a CRM uh, relationship and building that out and signing contracts, et cetera. Uh, number two, uh, the CRM chosen was uh, too bloated and costly, uh, so they had to undo and uh, switch and revert back. In this case, where the startup maybe chooses a CRM that was built for enterprise, that had a ton ton of uh, potential, like a Salesforce, right? Uh, when you really just need an SMB CRM or a CRM that covers the marketing automation and sales automation aspects of your business, but you don't need what Salesforce brings to the table, which is that enterprise functionality. Number three, the CRM did not meet the full needs or did not fully integrate with the system in place. So a change was needed. And this goes back again to the question uh, we previously answered. And it's really um, going back to understanding uh, the scope of what you need and what systems you're about to implement. Um, so if, if you're looking at a CRM for just sales automation, right? And um, you did not consider marketing automation, uh, then once you know you have your sales system built out, uh, then the marketing team starts coming on board and they need certain functionality and you realize the CRM is not going to do it. And you look at bolting on some tools, but that system becomes clunky and disorganized. Uh, so you got to go back to a complete system that has marketing and um, sales automation included. Um, that's something I have seen a lot. So again, all goes back to planning 
and making sure you understand the full flow, full user journey, what parts of your marketing stack are in inherent now and required now versus what is coming that you've already made plans to add on and really being cognizant of the full scope. Now, Chris is going to provide his answer for why do most CRM implementations fail. Go ahead, Chris. Ultimately, you only get as much value out of a CRM as how much information and data you put in. Problem is, most reps are focused on, I need to get data in, but not on the conversations that they need to have. We've gone the completely other way and become slaves to our systems in some cases, where reps spend more time managing the system or end up hiring people to manage the system. So it becomes a meta-level task where I'm entering data for the sake of entering data, rather than me trying to understand my customers and trying to give them the best experience possible. You know, we've seen the rise of roles like sales ops and this emphasis on data hygiene because these systems are hard to manage. And that's where we need CRM automation. CRMs can get complicated even for reps to onboard onto. You know, if I'm having to take a week to explain to them what they need to fill out, how they need to fill out, what tools they need to use, you know, are they going to focus more time on that or are they going to focus on actually what they were hired to do, which is to have great conversations. So baking in behavior to update after every single call is also very hard. I've seen managers that have told me, oh, if they don't enter their data, they're fired, right? But in reality, people are going to go and maybe make up data, right? Because a lot of the information that's entered is post facto. And if I have six back-to-back -back calls, how do I know that the information I got from call three is not related to call one, and I didn't mix up call two with call five? So these are the things that we think about with CRM. The definition means accountability. But when you're overwhelmed with how much action and tasks that you have to take and how many people you need to follow up with, it's hard to get that sort of accountability. So that's why I believe systems like Fireflies and tools that you use could help with that process of remembering and capturing monotonous data over and over again. All right. Great points, Krish. Uh, that was robust and valuable, as always, um, a summary of why most CRM implementations fail. Now, we have one more topic we can go over now, hopefully crush this last one in 10 minutes. It's very important, but we talk a lot about it on the podcast here, so uh, we don't have to dive in too deep, or I won't at least. We'll let Krish give his two cents on this. Is personalized marketing the way to go? Now, I believe this was a plug question from one of the other marketing automation companies because it's a no-brainer. Yes, personalized marketing is the way to go. Uh, ABM, one-to-one -one communication, whatever you want to call it. We talk a lot about it on this uh, podcast. Um, but I believe that today's marketers and brands cannot thrive with generic one-size-fits-all communication. We need to present relevant information to the customer at each step of the customer journey. Same thing with prospects. We need to treat them as individuals, give them a very customized approach to both the prospecting and the marketing automation side, as well as the onboarding and customer communication side. But Krish will go ahead and give you the overview and his points now. So we talked a little bit about personalization and why that's important, personalized marketing. The reason really is in today's time, there's a new SaaS product or company sprouting up every day in your field. Competition isn't inevitable. Like if you don't have some competitors, you probably don't have a market or you're out trying to create a brand new market where no one's really interested. It's easier to build a tech product today than it was 10 years ago. There's a lot of resources, tools out there. 
ultimately a user may not explicitly remember why they brought your tool to their organization, but they'll remember how you made them feel during the time when you were helping up with support questions, the time you were actually able to give them a tidy demo. So this stuff is definitely important. I think that it's harder to hold on to your customers and build a brand than it is to build tech today. You know, we have areas like AI where it, it is substantially more difficult, but even that, it's the customer experience that's the core differentiator. To make your sales reps more effective at this, the answer now is I don't send 1 million generic cold emails that end up buried in my prospect's trash can, right? When a CRM gives me 360 degrees of info on a prospect, I can start sending the right message. I can also send it at the right time. And I can use other mediums to start tailoring these messages. Let's say I'm reaching out to them on LinkedIn. They're looking at certain pages on my website. And if they're looking at pricing, then my intercom message will give a very tailored question on, hey, it looks like you're doing this and you have these questions on pricing. Why don't you check this out? There's this idea of like radical transparency too in the sales process because if the customer is coming to you, more likely they've done research on your competitors and they've gone through 60% of the buying process already. And so that's why even though there's 4,000 different marketing automation technologies out there, when it comes down to what really matters, it's to create a personalized message because there's more noise, there's more tech. And so you're going to get naturally low response rates. And what people tend to find easier to do is just saying, okay, we have a low response rate, so just let's add to the top of the funnel. Let's just send more emails. Let's send more canned responses. Instead of the 10,000 people, let's make that 50,000 people. Uh, The bottom line will improve, right? And at the end of the day, I think we're just burning leads at that point in time. It's a very expensive process. You know how expensive ads have gotten uh, on social media and other platforms. I believe that by using data to optimize that conversion process of the funnel, and the specific interactions you end up having, it's gonna be much more successful for you. If you can, instead of getting 5% response rate on emails, get it to 10%, that's gonna have a way higher impact. And for many companies, leads are precious. And in order to personalize at a scale that's gonna be larger than 10 people, 20 people, 30 people, uh, you're gonna need to have all this information captured in a systematized way so that your reps can refer to it when they're doing their own outreach and your marketing automation systems can use it to send tailored messages as well. All right. Well, that wraps up this discussion of marketing and sales automation. Uh, A lot about CRMs, a lot about implementation, a lot about the strategy, uh, a little bit about personalized communication there at the end. I'd like to give a special thanks to Krish uh, for being with us. And uh, remember to book a demo at uh, fireflies.ai, spelled correctly, fireflies.ai. Um, check them out. Um, very, very exciting stuff from Krish. Again, thank you so much for having me on, Alex. I love what you're doing with this podcast. And it's always great to hear from folks that are passionate about marketing and sales automation and the entire customer journey. Data is where it's all at. So I really had a great time on the show. And yeah, well, uh, let's do this again sometime. Thank you, as always, my listeners. If you enjoyed the podcast, listen to the rest at anchor.fm forward slash marketing dash automation. Until next time, have a good one.